0: This is the First Emanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. As Pastor mentioned, uh, we're in our new worship series, Bold Enough to Share, and we want to start off by reaching up to God, sharing our heart with the Lord. Now, as I was um, preparing for this message this week, I was Also, preparing for a Bible study that we're going to kick off uh, in a couple of weeks on the book of Revelation. And as you look at the book of Revelation, as you walk through those opening chapters, you, you find that Jesus speaks to seven churches in Asia Minor, and he talks about the things that are progressing well, but he also speaks of some of the challenges that each one of these churches experience. I want to go through some of those with you. So, for instance, to the church in Ephesus, he tells them that they lost their first love. Their passion is no longer what it once was for the Lord. And then to the church in Smyrna, he said, you're afraid of suffering. There's a lot of persecution going on. And then to the church in Pergamum, he said, idolatry has snuck in your family of faith. And in Thyatria, immorality snuck into their family. And then to those in Sardis, he said, you know, you look good. You look alive, but inwardly, you're dead. And to the church in Laodicea, he said, you're not really all that hot for me, and you're not really cold. You're just tepid. You're just lukewarm. So as I was preparing this Bible study and also working on a sermon about our relationship, our heart with the Lord, it it dawned on me that what Jesus says to the seven churches in Laodicea is applicable to each one of our lives. I mean, think about it. The church in Ephesus lost their first love. How easy it is for us to lose our first love. We were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We were given this dynamic faith. And there are days that we're pretty passionate about it. But more often than not, we become less than passionate about Jesus. And we can be afraid of suffering. You know, the <laughs> We're not necessarily going to lose our life because we believe in Jesus, but there are those times when the conversation turns to things of faith or things of morality, and we're afraid to say something about our Christian faith or Christian values and standards because somebody might ridicule us, or they may consider us to be the outcast. That's the kind of suffering that we fear today. And And idolatry sneaks into our lives. How easy it is for us to to be more concerned about the things of the world than the things of the Lord. And immorality, man, our whole culture is based on sex and sexuality and sensuality. And all of this has moved us to become rather lukewarm when it comes to a relationship with the Lord. Oh, it's not that we're against Him. Just that maybe we aren't walking with Him as much as we think we are or that we should be. Because that's really the call of Christ, isn't it? That we would share our heart with Him, that we would walk with Him. And then it would be full time. I mean, we could spend the afternoon looking at a variety of Bible passages where Jesus calls us to be all in on our Christian faith, but I'm going to give you two of them. And the first is from Luke's Gospel, and it's chapter 9. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, how often? Daily and follow me. So this is an all-in thing, not just a Sunday thing. And then in in Matthew 22, Jesus reiterates what was uh, spoken in the Old Testament. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You are to be all in. Completely in. And you don't have to be a church worker to be all in. You don't have to be a parochial school teacher or an ordained pastor or a missionary in a faraway land. And you don't have to be a religious fanatic. You know, we are are simply called to a life where Jesus is our heart, our being, our all. That's what we find in our gospel lesson for today. Here we have um, Jesus in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. It seems like Jesus frequented their home on a rather regular basis. And in this situation, uh, we find that um, Mary anoints Jesus with some pretty expensive perfume and a whole lot of it. To the point where the whole house is filled with this fragrance. Everybody's going to go home smelling like this expensive, pure nard. And then Judas speaks up. Maybe that should have been sold. Money could have been given to the poor. Well, we know why he wanted it sold. And he didn't have a heart for the Lord. He had a heart for himself. But Mary decided that a little dab won't do you. She was all in. It was a reflection of her relationship with Jesus. You know, we find that also um, with others in the Gospels. Uh, Jesus, in uh, one time, Jesus took his disciples and they sat across from the temple treasury where people would come and they would deliver their offerings. And uh, we find in this day that uh, many of the wealthy people are coming. And they're kind of making a big show of their offering. They're, they're making it very obvious and uh, rather obnoxious. And then comes a widow who drops in just a couple of coins. And Jesus draws attention to her. That she's all in. And then there's Zacchaeus, a tax collector, and they were known to be cheats. And Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, so you remember how he scurried down the street and then he scurried up a tree, and Jesus stops at the tree and says, Zacchaeus, you got to come down. I'm going to have dinner with you at your house. And we are, not, we are not invited into the home and the conversation. We don't know what that conversation was. We know the results. That Zacchaeus said, I'm going to pay back everybody I cheated four times, and I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor, And I'm guessing if we did the math, that probably didn't leave him with a whole lot. But he was all in. So was Nicodemus. Early in John's Gospel, in chapter 3, Nicodemus came to see Jesus, and he came at night. Perhaps he did not want to be seen with Jesus, being that he was a high-ranking Pharisee. And this is where Jesus told him that God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And then we hear of Nicodemus again at the end of the Gospels. And there we find that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea ask for the lifeless body of Jesus. And they gently and tenderly take him down. Prepare him for burial. Do you get what's happening? Nicodemus touching a lifeless body has now made himself unclean. But even deeper than that, he taking care of the body of an executed criminal who is accused of blasphemy by the church, now Nicodemus will be seen as an outcast. I'm guessing loses his position as a Pharisee. But he was all in. Christianity isn't part-time, is it? It's easy, to see, um, it's easy to see worship as just a component of our week. So we've got our work hours and our school hours, and then we have our recreational hours, and we have our chores, and then we've carved out an hour to go to church, which is a great thing. But it's not the only thing. While I was preparing the sermon, I sat down and I thought, how much time did I spend with Jesus? Is Jesus my friend or is he just an acquaintance? And I, and I sat down to think because I, I had a busy week like all of you. You know, I was driving back from visiting family over the Labor Day weekend and then I had to get ready for Tuesday morning school opening. I had chapel and then I made sure things were going. If I could help the principal in any way, can I, can I do that? And then I got ready because Wednesday I had my first confirmation class in the morning and my first one in the evening and I taught Bible study in the morning and in the evening and I was getting ready for my Friday Bible study. And all of this went on and it dawned on me I hadn't really taken a lot of time with Jesus. And you might say, oh, but wow, oh, you were writing sermons and Bible studies and confirmation classes and school chapels, and it's not the same thing. So I was trying to figure out what was it that captured my attention. And I, and I suddenly realized I had a lot of talking about politics, about sports, about our COVID culture, about schedules. And then I realized that I spent more time working on the internet than I spent in my Bible this week. I spent way more time discussing cultural events rather than discussing faith. I spent a lot more time criticizing political candidates than I did praying for them. We're called to be all in, not just part-time. And that doesn't mean you have to give everything away, like Zacchaeus or the widow. I think it does mean that we should be a little closer to Jesus as Nicodemus was. We need to share our heart with Jesus. So how do you do that? How do you share your heart with Jesus, Well, I'm going to tell you how, how we shouldn't do it anymore. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to stop putting Jesus first in your life. Let's just not do that anymore. And I know most of you are Green Bay Packer fans, and that's what Vince Lombardi told you to do. Remember his pecking order? It's God, family, and football. And if you read anything written by his son, he would say, my dad wrote it down right, but he just never learned how to live it. So I'm going to say, when you make out your to-do list, let's not put Jesus first. Because really what that ends up being is, we can check him off, got that out of the way, let's go to the next thing. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you this. Consciously try to do this. Instead of putting Jesus first, put Jesus at the center. I think that's what Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to put him at the center of our lives. So in other words, all that we do and all that we say and all that we think would be based on our relationship with Jesus. So how we nurture our family should be in direct relationship to our connection to Jesus. The way we interact interact with our friends in our circle of influence needs to be influenced by our relationship with Jesus. The manner in which we conduct our daily business to be based on our relationship with Jesus. The way we spend our time needs to be connected to our relationship with Jesus. All in. Alright, i got to ask this question. We started the sermon by talking about the seven churches. How many of you noticed that we only talked about six? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you, has that really been bothering you for the last 13 minutes? A couple of you. Yeah. Those, those are my list makers, right? You cross things off. There was the Seventh Church, Church of Philadelphia, not Pennsylvania, Asia Minor. And Jesus did talk about the healthy things, and then he did talk about one of the challenges they were having. And he says, you have many opportunities before you, but you kind of lack the power to embrace them. as I read that, it was kind of like, it's not so much your fault, it's who you are. And I come to realize that's probably who I am and who you are. So many opportunities for us to share our hearts with Jesus, with our brothers and sisters in the faith, with, with a world that longs for the light of Christ. And, and sometimes we're powerless and, and maybe... <laughs> Maybe we're powerless because we've lost our first love or maybe we're powerless because we're afraid of suffering or idolatry or immorality have crept into our lives or that we've become lukewarm to the point where we look alive but maybe we've even grown dead. But Jesus is our power. And the message he wants to give, it's not about us. It's about him. We share our hearts only because he shares his. We share our hearts with the Lord not because we're so powerful, but because he is so powerful. And we share our hearts with the Lord not because he needs us. It's because we need him. And we share our hearts with the Lord not because we've got life all figured out. It's because he has got life all figured out. And we pray for his will to be done in us and through us. And And we share our hearts with the Lord because every day he shares his with us. And we've got hearts that are broken and bruised and battered. And when we sin, he comes with forgiveness. And when we hurt, he comes with comfort. When we're unlovable, he loves us. This is why we share our hearts with him. It's because he has and continues to promise to share his heart with me and with you, no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.